Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. That is especially the case today, as we have the honor and privilege of welcoming Arthur Lipper, a consultant, author, inventor, lecturer for many decades in the United States. Arthur, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. It's a privilege and pleasure to have you, sir. Good morning, Charlie. So, Arthur, you have held uh, seats on stock and commodity exchanges, uh, 10 exchanges throughout the country, uh, including the uh, New York Stock Exchange. You're the founder of Arthur Lipper Corporation. You've held major ownership positions in other corporations. You have written profusely. You've been a consultant in private equity businesses. You've lectured to a long list, and I mean long list, of major business schools throughout the United States. But you are here to talk today not about your past, but about a very unique and new way to fund the expansion of private businesses called revenue royalties. So how about a 30-second introduction? What introduction would you give of yourself here, Arthur? I'm an entrepreneur, which means that I am prepared to make mistakes in the pursuit of success. It also means that I'm prepared to accept the responsibility of hiring employees. The great lack in many entrepreneurs is defining a realistic objective at the beginning of their quest for financing, their quest for other assets needed for the success of their business. The other issue in entrepreneurship is that all too many new businesses are really not businesses but are practices in that they are dependent upon the founder. And I think that the intent of a business founder should be to create a business which means a financial enterprise which can continue without the founder. Well, great. You know, uh, we don't get to talk a lot about entrepreneurship on this program. We're typically focused more on investments, as we, we will be today. But those are, uh, those are great points. And uh, I can certainly see that in uh, various businesses I've been involved with and, and uh, uh, various ventures that uh, it's so easy for the owner to be working in the business rather than, than on the business, kind of as you say. So let's talk about Rex Revenue Royalties. Tell us what this is, will you? RexRevenueRoyalties.com is a website through which people can acquire a copy of my newest book, Revenue Royalties. One can also go to Amazon and acquire the book, which is an e-book and is a compendium of many of the articles that I have written in the last couple of years regarding the inherent advantages both for the investor and the business founder of using royalties instead of using anything that is equity or ownership related to the business. 
Okay, so so royalties then being uh, like music people, they they they, they create music, uh, and then they're paid royalties for doing that. So you're talking about royalties in a business environment as opposed to either an investment in that company or a loan to that company. So so tell us the difference here. Let me make a, a statement that would correct a bit of your last sentence. A royalty is indeed an investment in the revenues to be generated of a business. It is not an investment in the ownership of the business. And royalties are perhaps one of two earliest means of people investing in the activities of others. In a website called authorlipper.com, you will see a writing that there where I describe how barter was probably the best, or the rather the first, means of people entering into transactions where one had an asset, the other needed. The next form of business would have been some form of royalty in which the person with an asset which could have been the ownership or control of land. It could have been the uh, ownership of a vessel. It could have been any uh, in later in later generations. It could have been an invention. But the point is, somebody else wanted to use that land, that invention, whatever the asset was, and was prepared to pay you, the owner of that asset, a percentage of the revenue produced on or through or with the use of that asset. So, for example, in private equity, one is, one is investing into a business. Therefore, they're looking at lots of aspects of that business, including the expenses of the business. But you're talking about an investor investing only in the revenues. Therefore, the expenses of the business are not really germane. What is germane are the revenues. Is that what you're saying? That's partially correct, Charlie. The royalty investor is obviously concerned with the sustainability of the business because they have a need for the business to remain active to generate revenues in which they receive a, an agreed percentage. However, the owner of a percentage of revenues is not concerned with the payment, the level of payment to the owner of the business, whether the owner of the business flies at the company expense first class or a coach, whether the owner of the business has offices in more attractive surroundings than is necessary, if the executives of the business have cars leased for them by the company that are perhaps more than basic models. In other words, the owner of a royalty is only concerned with the generation of revenues and the expectation that those revenues will increase over the coming years 
as a result of that company's customer satisfaction. So I guess uh, an investor would go in and say, okay, your current revenues are X, and you want you know, uh, an additional amount, so we're willing to provide you that additional amount, and then we receive a portion of the increased revenues of the business, um, and, and, and that's how we can be compensated, and then you run the business as you care to run it. Is that a basically accurate description? Yes, with one addition. All things having to do with royalties, because they are between an investor and the owner of a business, are negotiable, highly negotiable. For instance, if the company was already doing $10 million a year in revenue, and the additional $4 million of money sought for expansion or the purchase of a competitor or the opening of a new office or the purchase of new equipment, whatever, the intent of the company was to increase revenues. But the provider of the amount, the $4 million in this example, did not have any participation or risk in the $10 million you're already doing. And therefore, the royalty could be for all revenues for the next 20 years, if that's the period of time agreed, in excess of $10 million. Or, depending upon the negotiation, it could be for the entire body of revenues. Okay, so in other words, as an investor, I, in, I, I provide the capital for a business owner to increase their revenues, and then I am paid back depending upon the amount of those increased revenues and the profitability of the company or exactly what they're doing. Uh, that's up to the owner of the business. I am only focused on and concerned about the increase in revenues, period, for the company. Is that basically accurate. It is basically accurate. However, when you speak of profitability in a privately owned business, I think you have to understand that the normal response of a business owner in December, if he is having a good year, is to call in his tax advisor, his chief financial officer, and ask one question. And that question is, how little do we have to declare legally? Right. And that is a perfectly reasonable question because the cheapest money that any business has for further growth is that which they do not pay in income tax, but it is not that which is accommodative of the, of the objectives of someone who invested in buying the stock of that company and becoming a partial owner of the company because people only buy interest in companies with a view to selling those interests at a higher price at a later date. And the valuation of the company will be, to a large extent, dependent upon the record of reported revenue, reported earnings. And okay. therefore, the wants 
the company to declare the highest profits possible and pay the greatest amount in income taxes. Yeah, okay, and that, and that's certainly an excellent point. So, so tell us uh, this is the, the the first poignant question here, author, and that is why. Do you see these revenue royalties, and now it's easier for us to understand what revenue royalties are, actual royalties on revenue, okay? Why is that the preferred method over the current method of typically, I presume, private equity? Well, business owner is, of course, going to at first first try to borrow additional capital. They're going to be unsuccessful in borrowing money from commercial lenders unless they personally guarantee the repayment of the loan and the maintenance of the amortization payments that have been agreed. Private equity is simply an aggregation of other people's money used to buy interests in businesses. So let's not make a distinction between private equity buyers and individual equity buyers, sometimes called angels. All right. The equity buyer is interested in the company's ability to make sales and to manage the business so that those sales are increasingly profitable, certainly as the level of sales increase. The royalty owner is interested in the revenue increase because they have purchased a percentage of the revenues for an agreed period of time and under agreed terms. So that is the primary distinction. Now, we have to understand that if I am an owner of a percentage of a business, I want to have an influence on management as to how they spend what is I think of as my money. And I want to have a interest in a whole range of corporate policies in terms of employees, customers, etc. A royalty does not vote. The owner of a royalty has no ability to influence management. And, quote-unquote, management does not have the ability to benefit, if that is the right word, from the advice of investors. Okay. The investor is interested only in the revenues, not involved in the running of the business or anything. So obviously, the business owner should like that. Uh, Without getting into too much detail, uh, basically, both sides, as you say, it's negotiable. All the, the aspects are negotiable. So how does, for example, the owner get protected? That the business owner doesn't go off and do wild things and... uh, and, and blow things up. Well, are we talking about a protection of the royalty investor or how the business owner protects himself from making a overly generous deal or what have you and wanting to terminate the royalty? Let's start with the investor. All right. In the royalties that we design and recommend, 
there is a requirement that at the end of five years, and these royalties are usually for 20 years, that at the end of the first 60 months, the company agrees to repurchase the royalty from the investor at the cost of the invest the cost that the investor paid for the royalty less any payments that the company has made to the investor. Therefore, at the end of sixty months, if the investor chose to exercise this option, uh, he would be sacrificing his interest in future revenues for the next 15 years just to get his money back. That's one. Okay. Secondly, the company must transfer or assign to a third party as agreed by the investor, which could be, if it's, a substantial law firm representing the company. And those assets, which in most cases will be intellectual property, brand name, patents, trade secrets, etc., because the fixed assets, building equipment, etc., will probably already be mortgaged to lenders or other creditors. But so this third party, which is like a trustee, gives the company back a right, a international exclusive right to use that property without cost for so long as the company is paying the royalties they have agreed to. And at the end of a period, which could be defined by the royalty investor receiving royalties equal to their uh, investment cost or twice their investment cost or whatever is negotiated, that right can be those assets or the title to those assets can be returned to the company. Okay, so so there are ways, and I'm sure there are additional ways, uh, for the investor to be protected. Uh, let's presume at this point, so so we can move on, there are also ways for the company uh, to be protected, and so both sides feel comfortable with the level of protection that can be provided here. So what types of situations do you see these revenue royalties being most effective? Or would they be service companies, uh, CPA firms, law firms, etc.? Would they be more manufacturing production companies? Um, and, and, I, and, and all of these, uh, I, I'm sure, would be privately held companies. So uh, wh- where would you see the most interest coming from and the most likely people to participate? I will answer the question in just a minute. I want first to describe the protection, if that's the right word, for the business owner who has entered into the sale of a percentage of his revenues for an agreed number of years. Okay. And that, and that protection is a right of redemption, whereby the business owner may pay to the royalty holders 
an agreed amount for the termination of the royalty. Now, this agreed amount could be five times the cost of the investment uh, in five years, which is a 38% internal rate of return, or 10 times in 10 years, which is a 26% internal rate of return. It can be whatever is negotiated. It can be for cash. It can be for cash and a note. It could even be for shares in the company having some uh, agreed value or description. In any case, the company would want to probably terminate the royalty if, number one, business was much better than had been projected and therefore a much larger uh, amount of money was being paid in royalties than had been projected, or if the business is to either want to make a public offering or another financial offering, or is the object of an acquisition by a different company. If there's an acquisition, it's likely that the acquiring company will want the royalty terminated. And therefore, there should be a provision which permits that at the... Uh, at a course that is known at the time the investment has been made. To your next question, royalty issuers must have a significant profit margin because the royalty payment comes off the top. And any all royalty payments are effectively pre-tax payments. For each dollar I pay out as a business owner to a royalty holder, that if I didn't have to pay that out, that would be a pre-tax dollar of profit. Okay. So, one, the royalty investor should want only to invest in royalties of companies with significant profit margins and a reason why the growth of revenues projected by the company in inducing the investment should is reasonable. And to know whether or not, or to have a comfort in the reasonableness of the projections, the royalty investor should understand the value of whatever the company is selling to its customers and the growth potential for its customers. Now, as to the type of product, manufacturing is very difficult for to generate and maintain significant profit margins. Therefore, service companies of some sort are perhaps the best. Software companies are certainly uh, attractive for royalty investors. The problem is that the 20-year term probably doesn't work well with most software companies because their advantage doesn't last that long. And that's true of most companies that are based upon inventions or intellectual property. However, recognize that all franchises are effectively royalties. McDonald franchisee pays 
McDonald a substantial amount of money for the right to open a McDonald's unit and thereafter pays a percentage of revenues for both the use of the name and the operational manual approaches of McDonald's. And that's so all of franchising, which is a growing segment of uh, any economy, is essentially a royalty. Does okay. that answer the question? That does. That That's very helpful. Thank you. So is anybody doing this anywhere? Uh, this is your brainchild. I, I recognize that. Uh, is there a, a first cousin to this that's done in Europe or somewhere? Uh, or is this just completely brand new? Well, the it's not random. Uh, and I have, over the years, structured and provided financing on a share of revenue basis. However, the necessary step for this to become as an, an important part of the financial scenario is royalty fund, because the average royalty for a privately owned company is probably going to be somewhere in the $5 million, $10 million range, maybe as high as $20 million. But privately owned companies are not seeking and are not able to seek or justify seeking major money. And therefore, a fund which, let us say, adhered to what I recommend, which is a 5% limit of exposure to any one issuer, and therefore would have 20 to 40 holdings, is what is necessary. So, because it does not pay to go through the administrative expense and the expense of due diligence, etc., on a one-by-one basis. Uh, But it does make great sense to do it as a portfolio manager of a royalty income fund. Our principal focus at the moment is advising people who are in the process of creating royalty income funds. Very good. And now, and what, what what do you see? Uh, you see this rolling out over what period of time here, Arthur? Because again, you're you're creating a really a completely new new marketplace here um, over the next five years, ten years, uh, sooner, quicker. Do you see the United States as being the, the the greatest hotbed for this, or do you see elsewhere? I believe that in the United States, it's probably a two year three-year period before you see uh, any significant number of royalty income funds. By the way, it will probably take something like uh, six months to close a deal after the terms of the deal are agreed by the principals, and that will be for due diligence and the legal work necessary. So we're probably talking about a 90 to 120-day period between the exposure of an opportunity and the closing of a deal that is successful. In in terms of where royalties are going to be used first in a major way, I suggest that it will be China, and we are actively involved in advising a consortium of companies that has been designated by the government because they have 
and we've been working on this for four or five years with them, have come to the conclusion that royalties work best for the tens of thousands of privately owned companies in China, as well as for the public-private partnerships, which are the government-owned facilities, which are in the process now of being refinanced. So oh. I think China would be the, the first where you will see enormous use of royalties. Well, very interesting, Arthur. Well, first of all, congratulations. Uh, you have come up with an alternative method of, of financing businesses, which, you know, is, is critical in every business that, that appears to offer some definite differences and, in many cases, advantages over uh, the, the current opportunities. So, again, where can people go who would like to know more? Well, the best, thank you for that, Charlie. The best place for them to go is to rexroyalties.com, which is the first of four approaches to how to use royalties. They should certainly invest $9.99, intentionally very low price, to buy Rex, I'm sorry, to buy revenue royalties from either RexRevenueRoyalties.com or Amazon, which is an 827-page ebook. But fortunately, because it is an ebook, there's a big table of contents of almost 200 items, and they can use that as a menu and pick the. They don't have to read the whole book even though I'd be delighted if they did. And they can contact me directly at authorlipper at gmail.com. Very good, Arthur. Thank you very much. So how about final words for our listeners here? Final words from somebody who has so many words? <laughs> um, I believe that business sharing of revenues is the better way of both investing in privately owned companies, including early stage companies, and financing those same companies, because it is the growth of revenues in which the parties, the investor and the business owner, are most aligned and have the least conflicts. Excellent, excellent points. Thank you very much. Well, again, Arthur, we really appreciate you joining us here today and our best wishes for the continued improvement and application of uh, revenue royalties. And again, our congratulations on you coming up with a very, very ambitious and obviously advantageous in many situations ways to help the entrepreneur grow their business and investors get uh, decent returns. So, Arthur, thank you very much and I uh, hope you continue to enjoy life down there in San Diego and our best wishes to your lovely wife of uh, 56 years here. Thank you for joining us here today. Thank you, Charlie. Again, we've been talking with Arthur Lipper, founder of Lipper Fund Research, now Thomson Reuters Lipper, consultant, author, inventor, lecturer, most recently of Rex Revenue Royalties, and uh, we really appreciate him being with us today. We'd love to hear from any of you. You can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com, and reach out to us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing.
Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. 